0: Another episode, another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast with your boy, Sports Rap D. Your boy ball in the building with my brother. Yes, indeed. We are in here. And you know what's about to go down. And like I mentioned to you in the post yesterday, I'm going to do a little different today. Do a little things a little bit different today where we are going to analyze some things that my partner brought up uh, last week about the GOAT and making reference to the team GOAT or the individual player GOAT. And we got some quotes that I thought would be interesting, just to switch up a little bit. And I know my partner's here, so I know we'll have some good insight on uh, those quotes or whatever. But as always, you know, we're going to do our news, updates, scores, and then we're going to get right into some of this stuff and knock get out we're a little bit behind the whistle today but you know where to find us facebook sports rap podcast is the group and we're gonna get right into it before we get into our news and scores we are still in celebration of what general society likes to call black history month but for us it's black history 12 months out of the year so just for that on february 13th 1920 it was the creation of the Negro National League, which was the first pro baseball league at, at a YMCA in Kansas City, Missouri. Andrew Rube Foster, considered the best pitcher, the best African American pitcher of the 1900s, was a driving force behind that league, and he was the president. Also, Vanetta Flowers, first African American to win a gold medal in the Winter Olympics, she won that medal for bobsledding. Finally, there were three gentlemen who together broke the NBA's color line. Those gentlemen were Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, and Nat Clifton. Earl Lloyd was the first to appear in a game with the Capitals. Chuck Cooper was the first black player drafted. He was taken by the Boston Celtics. And Nat Clifton was the first to sign an NBA contract with the New York Knickerbockers. So, with that being said, we will now move into our news and updates. So, uh, if you have not heard, the NBA has warned LeBron James <laughs> and Kyle Kuzma for flopping in a game versus the Grizzlies. James Harden apologizes for how the Rockets' tenure ended. I got some question marks, some quirks about that because I'm not 100% sure how genuine he is. Mm-hmm because of everything that he went through to get out of Houston. Uh, Hawks, The Atlanta Hawks' Trey Young has been fined 20000 for his no-call protest in a game against Dallas last week. The Knicks' Mitchell Robinson will be out four to six weeks with a hand injury. Uh, I forget his first name, but Mr. Doyle, who was recently hired as the coach of the Jaguars, has resigned from his position amid a lot of backlash. Ravens' cornerback Jimmy Smith and his family are safe after being robbed at gunpoint. Twins Marquise and Mike Pouncey have retired from the NFL. The Lakers' Anthony Davis aggravates an Achilles issue, and Kevin Durant is at lo- is out at least two games with the hamstring, hamstring strain. CBS Sports is to air a new Earl the Pearl Monroe documentary as part of their Black History Month celebration. So, some scores... From yesterday. The Celtics uh fall to the Wizards 91 to 104. The Timberwolves as out the Rappers 116-112. The Spurs beat the Hornets 122 to 110. The Pelicans fall to the Pistons 112 to 123. The Blazers outlast the Mavericks in a crucial, crucial game, a very tight game down to the wire, 121-118. The Bucks fall to the Thunder, 109-114. The Magic fall to the Suns, 90-109. The Lakers fall to the Nuggets, 105-122. The Grizzlies defeat the Kings, 124-110. And the Cavs fall to the Clippers, 111-128. On the NCAA front, there were three game, four games. I missed the score for one game, but I'll give you what I have, and I'll get the other score for you. Michigan uh, beats Wisconsin, 67-59. Loyola Chicago falls in a close one to Drake, 51-50. And Pitt falls to Georgia Tech, 65-71. On the NHL front, one game was postponed. The Flyers versus the New York Rangers. Washington falls to Pittsburgh, 6-3. And Vegas defeats Colorado, one zip. So those are your scores. Before we end up the show later, as always, we will give you the schedules for today. Now, we are definitely, definitely going to talk about this. Now, like I mentioned in the opening, and I sent my partner the article. We talked about it kind of briefly uh, yesterday, but I sent him the article to make sure that he was aware of where I was getting this stuff from and what we were going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I have a great partner, and he is definitely, I'm sure, will be on point I'm with ready I'm ready. what we got going on. So in regards they,
1: I to I hope they ready
0: in regards to the GOAT <laughs> issue. And we talked about this last week when we talked about uh the Super Bowl, our Super Bowl recap. And a lot of people have been naming Tom Brady the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um for me, like I mentioned, I'm staying with my staying true to myself and true mm-hmm. to my statements. I Because of the asterisk I have about some of his um, accomplishments, I am not ready to actually say that word, GOAT, as a title for him. Mm -hmm. But I have said, and I said it yesterday, last week, and I'll say it again, for this era, he has been doing the damn thing at the age that he is. That he
1: has. So,
0: as always, you know, we keep it 100, so I will give credit where credit is due. So, as I'm looking through some stuff, you know, reviewing, getting ready for this week, So an article on ESPN, and the article was titled, Clash of the Goats, Why Wayne Gretzky is the Greatest Team Sports Ever and Not Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. So, again, like my partner just said, people, I hope that you are ready for this. Tim ready, Tim Tim ready. Because (laughs) there are a lot of good points in this. And before we get into this, I want to let you know we're going to give you some points from the article and then we're going to give our take on the points. So when we say this is our take, this is what you're getting from us. The majority, the predecessor will be points from the article. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, it says that the goat, it used to indicate the counterpoint to the hero. The catalyst for defeat, the one who wears horns of shame and gnaws on cud while the champions drink champagne. Secondly, the worst thing about the GOAT debate is it's apparently now over, at least in the minds of many. Okay? Fans and pundits after Tom Brady won Super Bowl 55, thanks to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Correct. Which we both are in agreement that defense had a lot to do with that win. Some are calling him the greatest athlete in sports, which is frankly an impossibility due to the existence of Serena Williams, which is one of the things that my partner brought up last week when he broke down the team sport. And he mentioned, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, that you could say Tom Brady is the greatest at his position since it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. And then he also brought up the issue of individual sports mm-hmm. so they made reference to that as well here now and it also goes on to say before i let baldy chime in it said there is a difference between the goat of team sports and what muhammad ali serena tiger woods michael phelps and others have accomplished in their respective sports spot on to what he mentioned last week mm-hmm. just to note the difference between the singular icon and the focal focal point of a collective
1: true and that's and that's always going to be, sort of the issue that a lot of people, kind of have, by just giving out that title. That title mm-hmm. you got to do the who, what, when, where, why, how. Absolutely. Okay, well, who's the goat? Mm-hmm. Why are they the goat? When did when did it happen? And what era did it happen? Right. You know. So the so the, the where did it occur? And how did this person become? This iconic figure as the greatest of all time, and so one of the things that that stood out too when I read that article, which made my brain start trickling is mm-hmm. we look at we look at championships as a barometer. the true barometer of a person that's considered an icon is championship right well here's the problem in football, it says you're a world champion mm-hmm. but the world does not play in these leagues. Absolutely. The states do. Our mm-hmm. states do. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, it, it's not, mm-hmm. yeah, you might be, you might be the greatest in this country. Right. In this sport. Because of other sports that go outside of this country that mm-hmm. are bigger, like soccer.
0: Yep.
1: You Get out to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not our football. It's hockey. Hockey. Yep. So, and then they have
0: their own football.
1: And they have their own football. You know what I mean? So they have their own barometer of what greatness is. So mm-hmm. we say he's the greatest of all time, or we we deem these people to be the greatest of all time. But in football, I had to take a little portion out of there and say, well, wait a minute. How are you a world champ when everybody in the world does not play? When you're a boxer, when you're a boxer, you do fight other world champions from other countries. Yep. When you run track. Mm-hmm. You are a world-class champion. Mm-hmm. You are going against the greatest athletes in the world. Yep. Tiger in Arena. When you're tennis, when F is, it seems kind of crazy mm-hmm. that every other sport, and basketball has world connections to it now. Yep. But in every other sport, football is mainly an American sport. They do play, but it's not mm-hmm. like that everywhere else. Right. You know what I mean? So when I start looking at how we deem these people to be the greatest, mm-hmm. well, there's, got, there's some things going on with this greatest, and we will go to position oh, yeah. like we spoke because position, to me, makes, makes mm-hmm. more sense to say, okay, here he is. He's the greatest. Athlete. He's the winningest quarterback mm-hmm. of all time. Yep. I would not deem him the greatest athlete. Of all time, right? Because that takes a whole different branding.
0: Yeah, whole different. Yeah. And
1: like we said about you know how Wayne Gretzky, it is a team sport. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 break it down into categories and and go into, you know, who's the greatest team sport player? Mm-hmm. Why? How? Ask those questions.
0: Yep. Well, and this is part of the article, just to bring up, piggyback what you just mentioned, and this is a a quote from this article. Okay, and this is by Greg was Jinsky of ESPN. And I quote, says, well, listen, what makes sports so great is we all sit and debate who the greatest teams were or who the greatest player was or who is the best quarterback or is who the best quarterback is or who was the greatest athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about football. I never played it. But it would be hard pressed for somebody to tell me that somebody else was better than he was said Gretzky. And this is a quote from Wayne Gretzky. And I get that. And Gretzky, in that quote, he pretty much is cosigning what my partner just said. Right. Okay. So with that being said, what they did in this article was they broke it down and they went into the records of both of these individuals. And they started out and they say, Wayne Gretzky retired in April of 1999. He held or shared Sixty-one NHL records. Sixty-one people. It's 61. a lot of records. Almost twenty-two years later, he still holds sixty of them. Right. So he has a stake in this argument. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that includes one he regained during retirement. All right. His his. 2,857 career points are 936 more than Yaramir Yeager, who was probably second. Okay? Mm-hmm. The gap between Gretzky and the second leading point scorer, scorer in NFL history is roughly the entire career point total of another player at 938. Mm-hmm.
1: And right now, we have one person that wants to put their two sets in right now. Tim, you are live on the set with us. If you want to give your take on this GOAT conversation, you on the clock. You got a two minute clock, brother. He's is the doesn't play defense. Doesn't play defense. True.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, just
1: because he won. Right. Athlete, he's not. He's never been uh, an athlete. I well, he's not athletic. athletic. <laughs> As right. many... Yeah, he's not athletic. Yet, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> he can throw a ball, mm-hmm. but he's serious. You know what I mean? He's yeah. He's more of a mental thing. He will stop that. He can beat it. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Well, that's what we always say. One thing that uh, D always says is there's going to be asterisks next to his name, naturally, because of all the things that have come up. Mm-hmm. And you look at how he won, most of the times he's won, aside from this Super Bowl, it's been by field goals. So he wasn't head above right. everybody asterisk. else in a sense. But their teams was good enough to pull it out. hmm.
0: Seven out of, like, I say about four out of the seven Super
1: he Yeah. They were. They were. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You can put
2: Jordan the he both Correct.
0: Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: True, true. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yep. you can do that, if you throw an interception, you the dude, it and And how often does that happen? And it doesn't happen often at all. Right. And what are the chances of that happening as a, a more physical type of quarterback going and making that play? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well far from it. It's gonna be hard for him to be considered the greatest football player. Mm-hmm. But you
3: got
1: Well we need to – and that's the one thing that what's gonna what's gonna happen is we're gonna we're gonna to have to ask people to give us their list of the right. best quarterbacks of all time. And let's go no position. Mm-hmm. Let's go position because you also have to take guys on the defensive side of the right. ball as well,
0: that's right that's because you got a guy like Deion. yeah, yeah. and I mean it's not bugs money football, he's not throwing the ball to right. himself, running down and catching and scoring right. a touchdown. you got a guy like
1: Deion who did at times play both, both sides of the ball, absolutely and was on other special on on special units on offense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he took a quarterback like him, a quarterback like Tom Brady. Wouldn't even throw near
0: him, right? Absolutely. Exactly. What about Bill Jack, a dude who yeah. play a full season? Yep. Because he's playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I personally, and people
0: keep saying just because you won a, a championship, like, that's right. It didn't higher than anybody. Uh, and, and you claim, and a lot of people claim that because he won seven, mm. Robert Horry won seven rings.
1: Right, and that's why we say when you take when you take the championships and you try to you try to mm-hmm. uh, try to paste them on people to give them this title, you can't just do that because yeah. now we're talking team sports and we, and you know I was in the lab I got a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. we're gonna say too Tim and I'm gonna let D finish what he's saying and then what I'll do is probably at the, near the end if I can I'll bring you back on if you got a list. And we'll and we'll we'll try to yeah. tap on that, but we want to kind of pose that question to people. Yep, and, and and lock in these categories
0: of of specifics because Jerry mm-hmm. Bright's got a lot of records, bro. A lot. And like I said, you just saw. Like I said, records. like I just said with Mario. I mean, with Wayne Gretzky, at the time he retired in '99, it's now 2021. Yeah, he held 61 NHL records, and then it says 22 years later he still holds. 60, 60 of those records so as right. far as as far as the individual achievements okay we're still talking Wayne Gretzky his 215 points in 80 games during the 85-86 season might be the GOAT season for a major league athlete, athlete statistically the one that comes close is Babe Ruth's 1921 season he had 51 homers 171 RBIs 177 runs and a a 378 batting average. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we move on to Tom Brady. Brady is second all-time in completions and passing yards to Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. He's seventh all-time in passer rating at 97.3. He only leads Brees by 10 passing touchdowns for most all-time, 581. 42 touchdowns ahead of Peyton Manning in third place. But we're talking about just edging out the competition while Gretzky is so far ahead, you need to use a Hubble to locate him. Right. So there's a difference there. And like I said, I'm not sitting here trying to convince you that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest over Tom Brady. I'm just giving you stats where there is a legit debate, a legit argument, which is what we do here on Sports Mm Rap. It's a legit. And you cannot nullify or discredit accomplishments of past players because records get broken all the time. But the mainstay that people don't understand or people take for granted is the simple fact that once you make the record book, you are eternal in the record book. Whether Mm -hmm. you stay at the top, you get shuffled around, but you're still there. Right. Like you can leave the NBA and score in 19 years. And be number one. This is just playing devil's advocate. And then later down the line, somebody comes and moves you down to number three. Mm-hmm. But no matter what time I open that record book, whether you're still number one or whether you move down to three or ten, your name is still there. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. And, and that's what I
1: wanted. It's, and we had that conversation, too. We we talked. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been on. I guess we've been. You posed a question. You posed an article. And, you know, a lot of people, we got a lot of feedback from a lot of right. people over a lot of things that was said on there. And the one thing that, that I just, when I look at who you consider the greatest athlete of all time, right. and it's going to sound crazy, but when a guy like Michael Phelps got 66 gold medals. Yep. 23 Olympic medals. Mm-hmm. That all says anything anybody else ever did because everything's equal. I'm putting my athletic ability against your athletic ability under the same circumstances, under the same clock, under the mm-hmm. same water, under everything's identical. Mm-hmm. The only thing that may be different is I could be taller than you. Yep. You could be faster than me. You could be stronger than me. I could be stronger Mm -hmm. than you, but the elements in itself are identical. So when I win, I won on the fact that I'm going against the greatest people in these events, in this world, and it's my ability against yours. Right. And I've done it 66 times Mm -hmm. against the greatest people in in the world. I've done it 66 times. Yep, and in the Olympics where everybody's the greatest, Absolutely. I've done it twenty three times. 23 so he's times. the most
0: decorated. Yep. So it's gonna be hard to you know individual so, individual wise. Mm-hmm. So there are some points in here also, um, just real quickly, that you could say Brady has a, has an edge, and then you'll say Wayne Gretzky has an edge. Mm-hmm. The other major factor in Brady's favor. Here is that he won championships with two different franchises and two different conferences. True. Okay? He's got that over Gresky. True. Gresky won all of his um, finals with the Edmonton Oilers. He got traded to the King. They went to the finals. They didn't win it that right. year. Okay. Now, on the flip side, Gresge has one achievement that Brady can never match when it comes to awards. On five occasions, he won the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy. Four, player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with the high standard of playing ability. Right. Now, some people will probably say, well, Brady, whatever, whatever. You have to understand something. And these are little things. But these little things go into this, tie into this article. We'll go back four years. For three years, Mm -hmm. just by numbers. When they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, he lost to Nick Foles. Right. Brady did not acknowledge Nick Foles after that game. No, he walked off. He walked off the field.
1: He walked off.
0: Upset. I don't remember what he did as far as Eli, but Eli Manning is the only quarterback to beat him twice in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So could he say he the greatest? You beat the great head up twice. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like you mentioned, Baldy, earlier, a lot of times nowadays people gauge greatness on championships. If you go back to that Michael Jordan argument and Tom Brady, you're right, Tom Brady went ten times. Mm-hmm. There's a the potential MJ could have went eight straight times. Right. Okay? And there's a difference because Tom Brady had a year or two in between, but he didn't go. Right. But he won seven. One more championship than Michael Jordan won. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, in that argument, and there's a movie, Bad Teacher, right. where the teacher and the kid are arguing about <laughs> Michael yeah, Jordan, yeah. and the kid says he's 6 and oh, or the teacher. One of them says he's 6 and oh in the finals. And it's the kid. And the teacher's like, that's the only argument you have. And that for sakes of the movie, and for sakes of this debate right now, it's the only argument you need. True. He's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason Joe Montana put out a quote a couple of weeks ago, and I think I posted it in the group page. He went four times. And, and he went th- all four. And never threw an interception. And never he threw an interception. In the chat, never. So there's a lot of ways. Well, don't get Frank started. There's a lot of ways <laughs> that this argument can go. <laughs> so finally, we get down to the legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The goat can be measured by all manner of sort and and sort of accomplishments and statistics, but the true essence of the goat is that they both defined and transcended their sport. True. True. Ali was boxing. Mm -hmm. Pele was soccer. True. The gentleman my partner just mentioned Phelps is swimming. Lance is cycling, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Gretzky was hockey. They were synonymous. They were synonymous, specifically to an American audience whose concept of sports was bench-clearing brawls and a guy named Gord that was just for hockey. Right. Okay? When he was traded from Edmonton to, to the Los Angeles Kings, he transcended the sport. He was now sports royalty, holding court for celebrities and all that, hosting Saturday Night Live, yada, yada, yada. TB12 is a brand. Number 99 is a sacrosanct. Never to be worn by another NHL player. That's GOAT status. That's, that's true, GOAT. Okay? And just for you people who don't understand or don't get what I'm saying, I got the definition of the word sacrosac before we close this out. Uh, in Webster's dictionary, it is the most sacred or holy and invi- inviolable. Number two, treated as if holy, immune from criticism or violation. Cambridge's version thought to be too important or too special to be changed.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So, this argument can go on forever and forever. Because there are people who are going to not understand the things that we just went through. Mm -hmm. There are people who are going to be so much of a fan that they will not care about these facts that were just presented. Mm -hmm. But, again, you have to take it all into consideration. And like we like to say here, every now and then, you got to take your fan hat off and look at things from a different point of view. Like he just said, that little bit there before I got to the real sacrosanct spoke volumes. TB12 is a brand.
1: I can agree with that wholeheartedly.
0: And number 99 is a sacrosanct.
1: Well, and like you said, and what we said before, how hockey is in Canada.
0: hmm
1: Hockey is it. It's it. Absolutely. If my jersey is not ever going to be worn by another player, yep. then I've done right. something so astronomical Absolutely. That nobody else can even copy. It. What's because, the odds that there's gonna be another player yeah. that that's gonna happen?
0: And because as we know, there are people to this day, other quarterbacks in the NFL who actually wear number twelve. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what they were getting at mm-hmm. when they mentioned that. And
1: as NBA players that wear
0: number twenty. It's NBA absolutely. You know. But you have a guy who and and you go football, you go basketball, and you go baseball, you have a team that will say Nobody's going to wear this particular number for this team, right, but there's other teams with Gretzky's point of point of stance is number ninety nine is not going to be worn by Anybody. any player period In any team and again folks I'm not trying to make you believe or sway you and say that Gretzky or I believe that Gretzky is the greatest of all time I'm just giving you facts for
1: yeah, you the gotta different have options. view
0: to look at it. You gotta have options. Yeah, you you have to have ways to look at. It. Like I just mentioned that quote from that movie and mm-hmm. where Michael Jordan went six and zero, undefeated. Now guess
1: what? There will be someone like us. Now you and I, we always had conversation about this, and I'll say he did go six and zero, but he also. Went 0 6 for his first six years in the league. Yep. When I look at his record prior to Scotty, he had only Mm -hmm. won two or three playoff games prior to Scotty getting there. Right. Scotty gets there. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. They make it to the second round. Yep. Oh, okay. They actually make it past the second round and beat Cleveland. Mm hmm. Now you get, you, unless you get bumped by the, by the, uh, by the baddest jokers on the Eastern Conference, which right. was Detroit. Right. But I'm looking at the things that, that added up. It, it was climbing up to the mountain to get there. Now, once he got to the mountain, it was hard to get him off of that. Right. You know what I mean? The odds that yeah. he was going to get the throne was slim to none. Yeah. And like you said, arguably, he could have got it.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the difference there and the stance where Michael Jordan could have or people who feel Michael Jordan may be the GOAT, could have a very very strong argument. Tom Brady has been consistently playing mm-hmm. to get to these 10.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Michael Jordan finally got his 3. He retired. Then he came back and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Then he came back and won 3 consecutive. So he won 3 consecutive twice. Right. So for argument argumentation purposes, he could have won 8 straight.
1: That's and that's a possibility. And we and and then they look at, you know, the other young goats. I'm going to call them the young goats, the, the brand of guys that, that are about to become in conversation like LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I look at the fact that how many times he's went. Well, he was good enough to get there. See, when you're good enough to get there, to me sometimes takes precedent over how many times you won. Right. Because if you were good enough to get there, and you're almost averaging triple doubles.
0: Mm-hmm. That means you are
1: putting it out on the line and there are some reasons why you may have lost. But you you was in the conversation to win it.
0: Right. So I
1: take a dude, all right, so take Brian out of there.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: he's not gonna be a GOAT conversation, he's a possible GOAT. Right. Well Kareem did it, and he ran a whole decade. Mm-hmm. So it was only one time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one time in the 80s that the Lakers was not in the
0: championship. Absolutely. So yeah. nine years, he got in five yeah. out of nine. Yeah. And those are That's names. More, man. And those are names that we talk about all the time. Yeah. That need to be incorporated in this greatest of all time argument. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go one step further for the gentleman who just recently had a birthday, Uncle Bill. Mm-hmm. He won eleven. Got eleven.
1: Got eleven. Eleven. And you only want to do it as a player coach too. So that adds a that adds some more icing on the cake. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Now, granted, he may not have been the scorer
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of that era, but he was a vicious rebounder, averaging Mm -hmm. damn near 23 in a season.
0: And if you don't understand basketball, a vicious rebounder, when you get a rebound, that means you give your team another opportunity to score points. And who was he doing it against?
1: See, here's the thing. Even though he ended up, playing against Wilt in certain joints, mm-hmm. Wilt was an enigma. Right. So when you look at the greatest bigs, even though he was the champion, this and this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Bill Russell was winning the chips, mm-hmm. but they all garnered Wilt Chamberlain as the greatest to ever did it. Mm-hmm. So how could the guy be considered the greatest in that era, and he wasn't winning? Right. But the guy that was winning was not considered the greatest. He was considered very good. Very good. But he was not the greatest. And mm-hmm. even he himself said, "Wilt is the, the greatest, greatest that ever do it. Yeah. He said, yeah, we might have won those games, but people forget his stat line. He would have like 50 and 20. Mm-hmm. I might have had 23 rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> he said, but he still average 50. Right. So that's where we talk about the jury over over your actual plate, everything Mm -hmm. that's on that plate. What you put on that plate does matter, bro. You can be Robert Horry, got seven,
0: but what's on his plate? You don't even
1: average double digits in in no category.
0: None. There were times towards the end of his career when he was winning championships where he barely played in the regular season. Exactly. He didn't perform until the playoff. Exactly. And so
1: all these things do come in it. They all come in in it. Absolutely. They all come into an an existence of what makes up a GOAT, Mm -hmm. in a sense. And that's why I said, just like everyone listening and everyone's watching, we appreciate you guys logging in. You guys need to come up with lists per position. Right. And we can break those positions down into Mm -hmm. one and figure out, well, who could be arguably the greatest amongst all Mm -hmm. these positions? Right, And we can go from there.
0: We can go from there. So, yeah, you've got it, people, you have a task to do. We broke it down from our perspective and taking points from the article. Mm -hmm. Great article, man. You can read the article. article. You just go to ESPN and just type that in. Um, I think you have to be an ESPN Plus member or whatever, but you can get to that article. You know how you can do that. If you don't want to be a complete member, you can be a member, sign up for just Mm -hmm. to read that article. Then you can cancel your subscription, however you want to do it. But it's definitely... A very good read, and it gives you a different understanding of labeling athletes as the goat. True. Twelve o'clock, 12 noon on this Monday, President's Day. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I've got one, two, three, four, maybe five quotes, whatever, however many we get to about some players. Uh, namely two from the Philadelphia 76ers and one from a Philadelphia legend or one in regards to a Philadelphia legend. We're going to talk a little bit about each one and how it relates. As far as the ones for the Sixers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, we're going to talk about how they relate to what's going on now with the Sixers. See you on the other side, folks. In just a few minutes, you are tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. Sports Rat Podcast. And we're going to get to the quotes, like I mentioned to you, but I've got to get back to some comments that I missed for some people that always tune in, and so I have to give them their props. A uh, good friend of mine high school, Chuck Bolger, he says, asterisk on the first three Super Bowl wins, and that's in regards to Tom Brady. I agree with that. That's the reason where I stand where I stand. Baldy had commented with Frank, and he said, don't start Frank. <laughs> Frank mentions uh, Jordan Gresky and Montana are goats uh he also mentioned jordan by my six and o, said he played baseball he would have been eight 0, absolutely uh james eric Clax times and he says no rebounds no rings and then frank c- comes back in excuse me and he's going with uh will so now what we're going to do now is we are going to get to these um quotes and like I mentioned um, in the post, I wanted to do this because I felt like this would be something different um, and it would be good dialogue. We would have people chime in as we always have people chime in. But getting right into it, the first quote, and I quote, Ben Simmons defense is MF elite. I mean, next level. God damn it. End quote. And that is from Kendrick Perkins, who was known as a defensive player during his tenure as a player in the league. Mm -hmm. This ties into Ben Simmons now and to this team now for the simple fact that we mentioned, and there was all talk about how uh, Ben Simmons should be traded or included in the trade for James Harden. A lot of people were on that boat, but there were also people who understood the game of basketball, Um, one being his present coach and understands or understood the impact that his defense and the things that he does very well uh on his team Robert Reeves thanks for tuning in so I like that quote actually I love that quote um and then there was one from Doc Rivers who says and I quote he is such a unique defender Ben is a chameleon. I agree. End quote. I I can go along with that. You know, Um, so getting back to that first one from Kendrick Perkins. And this, again, this is taken from a defensive minded player in the league who won a championship in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like James Eric Clack said on the last uh, video, on the last segment no rebounds, no rings. Like I said, you get a rebound, it's giving your team an opportunity to score the ball okay, or to do something positive. So Ben Simmons has the ability right now in the current NBA to be a model, if you will, of a Dennis Rodman, Mm -hmm. where right now in the NBA he can arguably guard positions one through five. Because of his size, his aggressive nature, his dedication, and his skill set,
1: I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. And and it's like you said, somehow we always we always on on the same page. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I dug into the little crates and I went into kind of like a versus of. A combination of his experience, a combination of you know statistical data analysis and all that old craziness. The one thing that 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 when I look at the defender and say they could arguably be the greatest defender ever, I think Dennis Rodman to me is the best defender ever.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And his ability to play kind of like one through the four and the five because he would play. He would do play the five, yeah, Wonder, wonderfully. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? And I look at Ben Simmons, and I think what separates them is intensity. Mm-hmm. I think the intensity that Dennis Robin brought, because Dennis Robin was a rebounding machine. Right. Ben isn't compl- uh, uh He's not a rebounding machine. Right. But because he does other things for mm-hmm. the team, offensively, Dennis yeah. Rodman didn't have to worry about
0: that. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You know what that, I mean? that That defense, that offensive thing kind of right. sep- separates them. Right. That's yeah. what separates them. So if,
1: if, if he didn't have to be the point guard or mm-hmm. if he didn't have to be a facilitator, he could solely focus on defense, right. he would be a Dennis Rodman type of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm more so liking him to Scottie Pippen. Okay. Because Scottie Pippen, was the guard? He mm-hmm. did run the offense. Mm-hmm. He did defend from one to three, sometimes four. Never mm-hmm. the five, but one to four. Mm-hmm. And he's a smaller player than Ben. Ben six ten. Yeah, Scotty was six seven.
0: Now, real quick before mm-hmm. you finish, and I'm glad you brought that up. Second quote from his current coach Doc Rivers, and it goes: Dennis Rodman is crazy in a defensive way. Mm-hmm. As a player. They're completely different players. They are exactly what Baldy mm-hmm, just are. mentioned. He said, "But Dennis would often guard one through five. Then he says again, he brought another person that Baldy just brought up. Scotty Pippen is in that category as well. Mm-hmm. So there's very few people. It's,
1: it's not many at all. And I mean, if you go, if you start breaking down, God, this made Scotty Pippen so good because there was no other Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. The only person that came close to being a Scotty Pippen at that time was Grant Hill right? before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. He was the next type of Scotty Pippen guy. Right. Lamar Odom was sorta of like that as being a versatility guy, but not mm-hmm. as a defender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Grant Hill played defense.
0: Yeah. Frank said Scotty was an all around player. I agree. He he was arguably he was
1: the best all around player Mm-hmm. for his tenure before he got older he argued yeah. you could put him anywhere almost anywhere on that court and mm-hmm. offensively he knew what it was like to be the guy at one particular time too absolutely so ben knows what it's like to be the guy at one particular time
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he also knows what it's like to be a facilitator which Scotty was mm-hmm. and if a lot of you guys never read Phil Jackson's book Phil Jackson said I barely talked to Michael I sent everything through Scotty yep. so Scotty was the facilitator Scotty was the 11 rings general. right
0: Mm-hmm. Was that 11 rings? That was, that was 11. Mm-hmm.
1: The, the last dance boom. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing that when, we, when we're when looking at how to compare guys, he's only going to look like Scottie Pippen to me. He'll never look like a Dennis Rodman right. to me. Right. Dennis, right. Ben Wallace was more of a Dennis Rodman. Right. Because he was solely
0: mm-hmm. a
1: rebounder, a defender, an intimidator. Uh, you know what I mean? That's who they, those guys, that's who they are. Right. With these dudes, they just got more versatility, man, Mm -hmm. and they do more for their team. Yeah. Then I'm not saying one trumps the other, but one plays on both sides of the The, ball at a high level.
0: Yeah. I I think the disparity in that whole thing is the simple fact that the way the game has progressed and changed more so, where it's a major, major issue on scoring. Mm-hmm. And the three point shot. Yeah. But we could easily sit here and argue or debate and say some of the players that we felt were some of the greats, i.e. Michael Jordan, who we just spoke about, mm-hmm. didn't really have, for lack of a better word, a consistent three-point shot right. until later on in his career. Mm-hmm. Um Darren Juice Man DeWalt, my cousin, what's up, cuz he says that Ben's still the guy's book. I-, I totally agree. And like I said, People, you have to fully understand the basic concept of the game of basketball. It kind of goes back into that GOAT thing. It's not a individual sport. It's a team sport. Mm-hmm. So you will have players, and Baldy understand this is not well as well as a coach and another coach, you understand that you're going to have people that are maybe not offensively gifted. Right but they do a lot of other things. Right.
1: and how do you utilize that? And time? how do
0: you utilize mm-hmm. that, which I think was the lack in the previous coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now, again, with the Sixers, you see the comfortability in Ben. There's not much confusion right. in what he's supposed to do on the court. He knows he's the facilitator, but as you see this season and these games progress, He's beginning, Claude, thanks for tuning in. He's beginning to do the things that he does well and incorporate them into his game, When, i.e., when he has the guard on him, the smaller guard, he's going into the post. Mm-hmm. When he's getting that opportunity, he's using his quickness and strength at his size to go downhill and get to the basket. Now, me, for one, I love Ben. I love the things that he does, but I'm going to keep it 100. I still want him to begin to shoot that jump shot he's starting to incorporate that over the shoulder hook which i like Mm -hmm. but there are instances in his game or in games where i feel like because of his size his speed and his strength he should go a little bit stronger to the rim there are occasions where i think he should go to the rim and attempt to dunk Mm -hmm. and that may be something going on with him and psychological because of how he shoots free throws Mm -hmm. which are beginning to get better but that could play a part in it because he does it so well and I think he kind of gets caught up or lost in the fact that I'm 6'10". I'm going to the cup. Ain't nobody stopping me whether I lay it up or dunk it. But you have to understand that at some point, you want to be one of the greats. You have to do what some of the greater players or some of the players that we consider greater, smaller than you, Mm -hmm. MJ, Scotty. They went to the cup and they finished. Mm-hmm. You have some guys now that are like that. The guards, the the uh the Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are smaller, that go a lot more, not a lot, a little bit more aggressive, and finishing around the rim. And I'm not saying that he can't finish around the rim. I'm just saying for me, and in my interpretations, that would put him a little bit further up the ladder. And like I said, I'm not knocking what he does because I understand basketball and I understand what this team is about right now. And the things that he does very well for this team are very, very beneficial. I.E., the last two games, and this is just off track a little bit, I still think we need to strengthen that bench. We still need to get another scorer off Mm -hmm. that bench Mm -hmm. because the last two games that we lost were definitely winnable games. Right. And people might cringe when I say this, but – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is the end all be all, but the way Shake has been playing in his new role, you see that scoring missed in right. the last two games. Right, and and you know what's crazy when we talk about
1: Ben Simmons in terms of in terms of what he needs to do to excel his game slightly mm-hmm. in terms of as an offensive player and what that looks like. And you brought up a good point about how maybe his inability to truly be aggressive offensively could shine light on his poor free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. It's gotten better, like you said. It's gotten better. But a lot of people shy away from that because it's going to shine light on another deficiency that you have. Right. So is his is he able to take what comes next? We've mm-hmm. already been saying that you won't shoot the jump shot. Right. Okay. Now, if you start going to that free throw line, and now you're going to be shooting sixty-something percent. Well, now that's another chink in your armor. Mm-hmm. Now instead of taking these hits and getting better at it, he's not. He's not going. He's shying away from it slightly. Right. And so he has to have. He has to have what we call short-term memory. Yeah. You cannot work. Absolutely. It. First of all, get off of social media. Period. If right. that's where your energy comes from, get yeah. away so from it. to let it go. Shut it down. Don't mm-hmm. read articles. Stay in mm-hmm. the gym. Yep. Everything that you're working out on should be what you're going to get Mm -hmm. during the game.
0: I.e., one of the toughest guards in the league in his time, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. You know, I mentioned this a while back. And there's a training video, and you can find this on YouTube, where he does training videos. And what he does in those videos is he tells the players that he's training, I'm not going to just bring you in here and have you work out on a certain uh, drill. I'm going to put you in positions where you're going to work on things that you will get in the game mm-hmm. that will translate to your game. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Claude says, we all know he needs to develop the jump shot, but more importantly, he needs to become great at the things he does good. He's good at, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He does have to be thinking dunk before, the, before he goes up strong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's scared to go to the rim anymore. He's just naturally smooth, smoother, smooth uh, other smooth other than an aggressive finisher. Um, Frank says he needs to improve his jump shot. He Also says he needs to get to that line. I agree with those things. Mm-hmm. But again, Claude just made a good point. He may be more of the finesse type of guy. But I think again, some of the age plays into that as well. Um, and some of the accomplishments that he already has. He's a two-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. You know, So he knows if I stay where I'm at, I'm pretty much going to be an All-Star.
2: Right.
0: But you talk about wanting to be considered or, or in the conversation as one of the great players in the league. You have to definitely, again, like both Carl and I both agree, improve on the things that you do very well right now.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Now You look at the guys who were great. Okay. You could take Michael Jordan, who is great. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan did not have the greatest handle, right? But he had a handle where he was comfortable with going right or left. Young, it, it, the mm-hmm. young Mike favored the right-hand side of the court more, right? But as he got older, the left side of the court mm-hmm. was what people began to give him, yeah. And he figured it out. He right. understood how to how to be better on this side of the court. That's just becoming a more all-around player. Right. How to finish your game. Yeah. Figure out what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Compound what, on what yeah. you're good at, but figure out the things to make you easy kill all yeah. the way around.
0: And the other thing, you know, we talk about basketball as being a fraternity, and what some of the things you just mentioned just made me think um, of our recently deceased guy, rest his soul, Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. who, in my opinion, and people see it if you know it, if you know anything about basketball, he brought something new to his game every season. Right. Which put him in that mm-hmm. great player
1: conversation. conversation. Right,
0: correct. You know, so those are things. And then he asked players that he considered great players in the league, mm-hmm. and they helped along the way. Uh, Frank says he seems to focus on defense than his fundamental offense. Well, Frank, I don't think it's not a fundamental. I think he's very fundamental. Yeah. You know, he's fundamental. He playing from he started basketball overseas. Yeah. So they are extremely fundamental, fundamental over there. Yeah, they are. I think what the difference is is man. the comfortability and the complacency in the way that the league has changed uh, right now. You know what? Honestly, I,
1: I truly believe he focuses so much on defense because he knows offensively, he knows offensively, the mo- certain moves that he has, Mm-hmm. There are that they, they aren't moves that, that can truly get him a shot off. Those right. moves are created to get other people open. Other
0: people yeah. And
1: so he's more focused on defense to create more more ability for him to get to mm-hmm. the rim fast. If I take the ball from you, I really got I don't really have nobody in front of me. And I'm up top right. when I do it. Right. Or if I if I get a still baseline, now I got outlets. Mm-hmm. He can push the ball. That's his game. His game is. Turning defense into offense. He's right. really not a good half court offensive player, naturally, right. because he's not a good shooter.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But his defensive awareness yeah. allows him to be so creative. And right. because he's 6'10, yeah. it cuts passing lanes down. Yeah. It cuts room and, and, for any any kind really of
0: And people also have to, to understand, out. too, that there was a growth spurt. Right. You know your history. There was a growth spurt with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And also when he was in high school, he he was a transition player. Right. He was never really um a half court player. He was a transition right. player. Always which He could get the ball and go. I mm-hmm. like we said about Scotty. Mm-hmm. Uh Frank just says Kobe was a student of the game. He always wanted to get better. That's why Kobe Bryant was great. He asked yeah, he asked everybody questions. And that's what I'm saying. Kobe was just a different breed. Because Kobe was around the NBA game as a youngster um, under his dad. Claude Robinson says, yeah, I agree. He has become content in his game, Mm -hmm. but that's where coaching comes in. Doc and Sam seem to be getting to him. I agree with Mm -hmm. that. And we can't expect great change midseason. Absolutely. I think we'll see some more changes and improvements next season. Right now, we need to build this cast up. More shooters and cultivate his aggression. Aggressive Ben is the best Ben. Absolutely. And he's
1: only been in the league for four years. For four years. Yeah. For four years. So we're talking yeah. about this dude like he's a real veteran mm-hmm. who really needs to figure it out because your career by, your career is almost over. Yeah, he's he's only, he got, just getting started. Yeah,
0: he's only got the ladder and go up and improve. He's just getting started. Four yeah.
1: years in, he's just getting started. Mm-hmm. The problem was that his four years – his four years was not sculpted around veterans who could teach him. It was the youngest team in the league. Yep. We had no and when we did get veterans on our team, well guess what? We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Illisova, uh, JJ Reddick, and all these dudes. Mm-hmm. So when we had guys who understood the game to a certain point, who were veterans, we were a more complete team. Guys knew their role. We were the number one rebounding team in the league. Mm-hmm. We are not that now. Right. We're not that. No. But Doc, Doc is trying to offensively find a find some sort of chemistry with this team offensively. Mm-hmm. I can teach you areas to play defense, but when yeah. the offense is off, the key is to score more points than the other team. Absolutely. And to limit possessions yep. of the other team. That is the key to win. Mm-hmm. But we got to take the fan hat off. We got to get back to some basketball 101 elements. And if you don't understand basketball one-on-one elements, then all you're doing is regurgitating stuff you don't heard before. Yep. If you can't dig in the file cabinet and understand that when this play is going on, the motion of the play and why that motion is happening, right. then you you really do, you don't understand basketball. Yep. You're just watching to see who scores more points.
0: Or well, who gets dunked on or whatever. And who You're right. looking for highlights. Claude Robertson chimes back in real quick. He says, right on A. Him and Joe came into a losing culture. It was, that's what it was. People underestimate the effect that had on both players. Claude, let me tell you something, Clarence. Me and his
1: brother worked together. Me and Clash worked together for eight years. Mm-hmm. He and I would literally break every game down. Oh, yeah. We worked together for eight, nine years. This was, this was something that there was stuff that he used to say to me. And I'm like, you know what? I ain't even peeped that, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So when he when, when, like when he makes a comment, there are times when he makes a comment. When Clark makes a comment, I'm like, you know what? Clark, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think that way. Mm-hmm. Or he's more, he's more introspective, where he can give a lane that I might not even think of. Vice versa, right. same way you do, right. you and I. And there are things in this game that players that play in that league. They know that we don't know, yeah. And until we get those other elements, you don't know why this play is going this way. Like, it's, right. there are things within there's a yeah. game within they, the game within the say, game, bro. Absolutely, as and what we always say. And this team, right man, like you said,
0: this team we just we had a losing yeah. we had a losing culture. Yeah, and, and this, you know this is man. year one yeah. of a new regime, a better regime of understanding basketball because you've got two key coaches who played very well as players in the NBA. And that and that plays a big part. Huge part. And they, they were both point guards. Both of them. You know. So the next quote, which will take us out more than likely, is talent-wise, one of the best bigs ever. Name a big that can do all the things he can. He can play in any era. End quote. And this is Isaiah Thomas, the younger Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. on one Joel Embiid.
1: Joel Embiid, right now, has, I believe, three other centers in the league. I think I wrote it down. I think it's Cat, uh, uh, Jokic, and K and Love, he's a power force mm-hmm. center. But they are the only three active centers who shoot a higher free throw percentage than him. But Jokic is the only one who, number-wise, is closest to what Joel Embiid is mm-hmm. doing right now. Right. Cat just, you know, Cat is Cat. Cat going to do what he's mm-hmm. going to do. But when you look at those three centers, look at what all three of those centers do. They, they're perimeter bigs. They can do stuff on the perimeter. Cat look like a guard at times. hmm the difference between the three is, at times, Ben Simmons will, I mean, uh, uh, Joe Embiid will focus on, sometimes, will focus on getting these bigs in trouble, getting to the free throw line, putting pressure on them. Right. Jokic doesn't put guys in free throw foul trouble. What Jokic does is he just pinpoint attacks all through different spots. Mm -hmm. He doesn't focus on one thing at a particular time. Right. He doesn't really put a lot of... Because he shoots more jump shots. He shoots more performance shots than down there. But he will get down there. Yeah. Joel Embiid is a mixture. And what separates him from Jokic is his athleticism. Yes. I think Jokic at times, his cerebral mentality IQ might be slightly higher at times. Mm -hmm. But this dude is like a... Hakeem Olajuwon footwork, a fadeaway U.N. jump shot, uh, a, a physical brawness of, yeah. a, type many, of a type of Shaq mentality yeah. at times. So he he has everything.
0: Kwan, thanks for tuning in. He just got to stay many, healthy, man. He got to stay how healthy. How many times have you seen a seven-footer dribble into a Eurostep and finish at the rim?
1: It doesn't happen too often. And the nature of the game now, because like what we talk about how we train and, kids now. And like they want to call it positionless basketball. Well, we train kids now, regardless of how tall you're going to become, we're doing all footwork. We're doing all guard work. And you need to continue to do these guard work workouts because Absolutely. you don't know how tall you're going to be. Mm-hmm. If Anthony Davis grew up, as a tall big man from the rip, he wouldn't be the Andy Davis you know now. No, he wouldn't be. He was a point guard, a guard. Who had a growth spurt. Had a growth spurt.
0: A major growth spurt.
1: So yeah. Paul, Paul Gasol, Mark Gasol, they were all guards. Mm-hmm. And that's why their ability to pass mm-hmm. as big men seems to be outstanding at times. You're like, yo, how do you see that? Right. It's in his core. It's been, it's been in his nature mm-hmm. to do it. These dudes, man, they, they, like you said, they're hybrids. The center position is positionless. Mm-hmm. Guys play like guards, yep. but the things that he does, you don't even think that that euro steps coming because because of his
0: size, size. absolutely, and at
1: seven one or whatever, mm-hmm. and he he's a brawny dude, but like tiptoes, he can tiptoe through mm-hmm. the defense. He just at times looks sloppy.
0: Yeah, you know what I you know? mean. And, and, and that's, time, he
1: just falls all that over. That is yeah,
0: That that's definitely um, improving this season. Yeah, and. A few of the things that I like um, in this season as opposed to some of the previous seasons, his command and demand of the ball Mm -hmm. in the post. Mm -hmm. He also is commanding the ball in certain spots against certain players, certain centers, um, or when they have a switch and he gets a smaller guy. Mm -hmm. He knows now taking this dude like yeah like Shaq and them would always say you look at this dude it's barbecue chicken i think the switch is it's on yeah now yeah and it can only get better okay um i like the improvements of his passing out of the double teams i was now. Just about
1: you just you just took the words and
0: out, as it's we talk about yeah as we talk about today's game and we talk about the three point shot mm-hmm. he can shoot the three point shot mm-hmm. but the difference i see this year is he's not settling for that three-point shot, shot like right. he did last year, mm-hmm. where he was certain play where it called for him to shoot that three-point mm-hmm. shot. Uh One of the other differences is, and his defense has been there throughout, there were times last season where Brett Brown had him somewhat camping out in the lane. Mm-hmm. It's different now where they're getting switchouts, and I watched the other night he was on the wing guarding guards mm-hmm. on the wing. Right. You know, so like you said, that goes into the dedication, the concentration and the footwork that he has um, within his realm of talents. But he also, like I said, is doing things that is kind of a lost art as far as for his position in the NBA right now. And he's not just doing it against smaller players he's doing it against legit seven footers yeah legit yeah. what we like to say centers in the league mm-hmm. and he's dominating i think as he is 25 years old i believe mm-hmm. he's starting to understand his body and starting to realize and take onus or ownership on his skill set mm-hmm. where he's doing the things that he knows and get his team in the best position to get a bucket,
1: mm-hmm. and he, I think he's paying more attention to. I think he's paying more attention to his conditioning. A lot more. A lot more. A lot more. A lot more than he used yeah. to, which yeah. is a good sign.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? I think that uh, over over these last over this year, I mean holistically, I think he's doing a, a much better job Very of maturing. Yeah. But let we go back to that Charlotte game we was at, and that timeout. And he had the he had the iPad,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: literally during the timeout, uh, he wasn't even going back in the game. Mm-hmm. Set amongst the group, and explain to them why this play was designed the way it was. I I I can't say that I've seen him do that now, but I think that that experience that that part that portion that leadership quality, mm-hmm. it equates to what Doc Rivers can instill in his group. Right. Because if he's our centerpiece. Our centerpiece got to mm-hmm. be connected to everything. Yeah. He's the nucleus. Yeah. Got to be connected to everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And and I really would like to know, like, the type of time and hours that's gone into film between Doc, Sam the coaching, and him, mm-hmm. and other players. Because when right. you watch the offense move, it does move fluently. Mm-hmm. But there are times where it just misfires. It misfires. Yeah. Natural. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna happen. gonna happen. I
0: mean, especially it's gonna happen when you got basically two returning two, three returning yeah. starters. You got two key pieces mm-hmm. now added into this mix. But one of the things I was just getting ready to say was the fact that Joel B and Ben Simmons are the cornerstone. And then I say I was gonna say I go back to and I know it's early, it's a new regime, but I go back to uh, I forget who they were playing, but the game not too long ago where he hyperextended his knee. Yeah. Um, he went out, went to the locker room, they found that it was just a hyperextension. Mm-hmm. But then he came back in that game and scored either 23 of the team's 25 or 25 of the team's 27 points in that quarter. Mm-hmm. Which shows me that his dedication and his focus was, at that particular point, Oh, yeah, y'all got me shook up a little bit, yeah, but yeah. I'm still here. Now, I can't say y'all he would have done last year. Absolutely, and that's why I'm saying I like that improvement <laughs> you know I mean? because he immediately came right back in the game as soon mm-hmm. as he was allowed to, and he came back in and went, went right to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think now he's beginning to understand a lot more, and this goes piggyback to what you said, Bob, about – wanting to be able to see what goes on in film and other conversations Mm -hmm. off the court or outside of game situations where he now knows how to pick his positions where I'm getting this bucket. Right. The play is run, but no, I'm getting this bucket. So you give it to me here in the high post and I look and I recognize what the defense is doing and then there are moments when he's off the dribble a little mm-hmm. bit he's wading people away or he's kicking it back and he's immediately going down in the block and saying no don't go nowhere else i'm just resetting yeah, yeah. you come in here yeah. and i'm going to get this bucket yeah. or i'm going to go to the free throw line where he's comfortable mm-hmm. as well and that's what you want you
1: want you want your best player to create the best opportunity in that 24 seconds
3: mm-hmm.
1: everybody else need Listen, this is reaction basketball. Everybody needs to react on what the best player on the court is doing. If I got shooters. Absolutely. If I got shooters spotted up, but one of my shooters can can attack the basket, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be looking for him to jab and cut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To create that opening. Right. I can get them the ball. They collapse. Now I got another shooter in the corner. That's just motion offense. That's Mm -hmm. just motion reaction basketball. But it starts with your number one guy. Right. And there has to be some telepathic communication between the number one guy on offense Mm -hmm. and the number two guy on offense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if I know that I'm a post guy, my number one guy is a post
0: guy, shooters get ready. Right. Slasher be ready. uh, A lot of bulls.
1: That, and, with that, guard, and that's with the guard with the Steve
0: Curves and the John Paxens. Look, and that's that's all it be is. Be ready to shoot. All it is is knowing who you
1: have on the court with you, mm-hmm. knowing what their abilities and their capabilities are. And then sometimes you may have to force the issue as the number one guy. We always said mm-hmm. that you know, when that clock running down, I sometimes want listen, I'd rather you shoot over two people than give it to a shaky joker three feet, uh, 30 feet out. Right. I'm not going to rely on this dude. Right, But I need you sometimes to take that big shot. Because that big Absolutely. shot, whether you make it or miss it, it's a confidence builder of knowing other teams know, oh, he going to take that shot. Mm-hmm. Now other guys truly are open. Mm-hmm. They don't have to sag off guys knowing that they ain't, I ain't yeah. getting the ball. Right. I know you ain't getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you get the ball, you're already scared to death anyway. So it's not a big deal. Right. That's half a defense already mm-hmm. been played on. So I don't even have to go from I here. ain't, ain't got to worry I can go that. halfway. And that's and now why that I can a, play two people. And that's why it was a big shot when Tobias Harris hit that game winner.
0: In the Lakers game. In
1: that Lakers Absolutely. game, that was a big shot. Forget all the craziness that allowed them to come mm-hmm. back. That shot was a big shot for him because he played a good game,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but he recognized something. Everybody else understood the switching. He understood the switching. He didn't he didn't have to think about it. Hey. It was reaction.
0: Yep. He went and got it. Claude once again. He says he's facing more double and triple teams than anyone in the league. Mhm. Other dudes are going to have to hit shots if we going to win in the in the offense. Yes. Uh Joe just has to remember he doesn't have to make the perfect pass. Just trust the offense and your teammate, but you but you right? But you're right? He has to take that shot before that double comes to. Mm-hmm. He ain't got to make the
1: perfect pass. No. He got to make the perfect read.
0: Right. It's not there about the go. pass. That's what it is. It's, it's the, the perfect the read. read. I agree.
1: Like he said, send it before it comes. I see, I read it. Mm-hmm. Now once the movement starts to happen, now I know where to pass. Right. Pass ain't got to be perfect. It I just got to get that ball just to the area it. where right. it needs to be. Got to
0: get the right read. Yeah, it's the yeah. right So read. just to backtrack just real quick, and for all the people who, have probably changed their minds now because the team is now first in the East, best record in the East. Ben Simmons is playing a lot better. And people that were all in that change. Thanks for tuning in, Phil Phil Williams. Go back to Ben Simmons just real quick. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons currently leads the league Mm -hmm. in these particular categories. And some of these categories are things that don't show up in the what you would like to say, natural stat Stats. sheets. Deflections per game, is mm-hmm. four. Loose balls recovered per game, 1.6. Total loose balls recovered, 3.6. Mm. Second in total deflections so far at 92. He's sixth in steals at 1.7 per game.
1: And we looking for improvement, I think the only other thing would be improvement would be uh shot blocking,
0: yeah,
1: but the thing about shot blocking is it's a little it's a little weird mm-hmm. because one he's a perimeter defender as well, so it's hard to get shots. It's hard to block shots on the perimeter right then opposed to being closer to the basket, shots are normally blocked more. Closer to the basket than they are on the perimeter, but he's a perimeter defender. So when you look at mm-hmm. some of your better perimeter defenders in the league, post and present, most weren't good shot blockers. They weren't good shot blockers. They can right. get you, they can get you a block here and there, but they weren't consistent shot blockers because there was mm-hmm. a there's a, there's a lot of lateral movement on defense. Mm-hmm. Help blocking the the, the backside help or the reading, the backside reading of a shot block.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are additional blocks. But they're not perimeter blocks. Those are those are blocks that happen when there is a defender in front of a person. They're trying to shoot over the person and you come over and help defense and get a block. Mm-hmm. But to block a shot on the perimeter is extremely hard. That's why most of your best shot blockers are big men. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're closer to the basket. You have more people trying to get to the basket than opposed to being out on the perimeter. So for him, I honestly believe that if if that was to sneak up a little bit, Mm -hmm. then I honestly believe he got a shot at being defensive player of the year in that regard. I honestly believe it because this dude is doing it on a consistent basis. And he's taking it as a challenge, and he wants to do it. Nobody wants to play defense nowadays. That's right. So how how wouldn't he win? That's right. You know what I mean? Nobody's mm-hmm. taking that initiative to attempt mm-hmm. to lock people like,
0: in. Like what did Charles and Kenny say uh, on TNT at one point? I think it was last season. They said, "Being a good player uh, is is talent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but being a great player is a mindset." Oh,
1: true.
0: You know, and it's a true. lot of truth to that.
1: True, it's a lot of truth. A truth. lot of
0: truth to that, and a lot of things, and not of that. Those few words, a lot of people will not truly understand.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: One more quote, and we can talk a little bit about this one, and then I'm going to close out with one. And these last two are something that takes us back to the basketball that we grew up on. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Okay. This is one from George Carl. And he says, and I quote, I don't think Julius Irving gets the recognition for being one of the greats. He was unstoppable. You were only doing your best to control him mm-hmm. end quote
1: Doc gets overlooked Doc gets overlooked in a way that he should be revered
0: mm-hmm. transcendent player
1: transcendent player uh, single handedly probably saved the NBA oh of course at the time like we, we know but at the time you know the NBA was losing all their views to college
0: basketball Mm-hmm.
1: You know, along comes Doc, and to the, to the flash league. of the ABA, and then the ABA that that deal that brought him over brought a lot of other guys to the NBA at the time where mm-hmm. it was just a whole that yeah. dynamic. Was and, going and,
0: and, on. and just real quick, people, some of you who may not know much about the ABA, the ABA was initially a laughable league mm-hmm. because a lot of the NBA players at that time, or the NBA brass at that time felt like a lot guys in the ABA were one-trick ponies. Mm-hmm. And it was all about the show, and they really didn't have a skill set to play mm-hmm. in the NBA. And like you said, we talk about Doc right now who transcended that, and then there were others that followed
3: mm-hmm.
0: that became either great or very good players in the NBA in their own right. Uh, two that I'm just going to mention just right off the handle one of Doc's teammates who won a championship with him and Bobby Jones, mm-hmm. the Minister of Defense. Mm-hmm. And then the Iceman, George, George Gerber. Gerber. So it, it can happen. And, and I agree with that quote because like Baldy just mentioned, I feel like Doc gets overlooked at times. And you just got to do your history, people. Um, and don't be ashamed to say that you don't understand some things and just do your research like people do research on a lot of stuff they google a lot of stuff like now people are google how many times somebody got dunked on in a game stuff like that mm-hmm. where if you get a better understanding of the overall concept of basketball and this is going into have people and players having a basketball iq You can understand some of the things that are going on a lot better. You can understand how some of these quotes. And George Carl was a coach, Mm -hmm. very good coach, who was also a player. Mm -hmm. So he understands. And, again, I definitely agree with that when you say that because, like Baldy just mentioned, you could argue or debate that Dr. J pretty much saved the NBA.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, if you go back and you look at his story, and you can find it on Netflix or wherever. When they talk about him going to the Rucker and the initial stages were Tiny Archibald, and some other guys that were already
2: household playground names, legends, NBA. household
0: names, and their first response was Julius Erving, like who was he? I never heard of mm-hmm. him, and whatever, whatever. But then you look at that turnout when he played at the Rucker Park. Unfathomable. People were sitting on light poles and trees. There's a school there. They were on the roof of that school, mm-hmm. on the ledge of that roof, to see this guy play. And that says a whole lot. It says everything. Man. It says a lot to one of the two one of the greatest players. Ten minutes. I'm going, we're going to leave you with this quote. And this is a quote from Sean Kemp. Okay. I don't know if I sent this to you already.
1: No, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm digging in. This,
0: <laughs> this is the quote. And I wonder I'm reading if I've heard it. Yeah, and I'm reading this now. All right. And it says, I broke a lot of Larry Bird's Indiana records. Mm-hmm. I'm a rookie. Mm-hmm. It's only Larry Bird. He puts his shorts on the same way I do. He let me know what he was going to do And he said, you're the one who broke all my records? Sean Kemp says, I said yes. He says, Larry Bird says, I have something to show you tonight. He had 40 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and called every shot. The league
1: that we know as of today, and this is why I said, Stop taking players from this era and try to put them in a back era. Can't do and it. And compare them. Can't do it. You can only take the back era and try to see if they would fit in this era. You can't go backwards. You can only go forwards. Absolutely. So you got a guy. You got a guy like Larry Bird, who was a at the time a veteran. Sean Kemp comes in. Young rookie. And you got a guy who's a sniper. He he's literally a face, one of the major faces in the league. And this is what I mean. Guys will say, uh, I'm if LeBron played back XYZ, he would have did this. Well, if LeBron played back then, take away all the tools that that. Allowed him to become who he is, so he mm-hmm. would have been lifting weights because they didn't do that back in the day,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? He would have been working on no, no, uh, no footwork really, mm-hmm. in terms of being a guard running mm-hmm. because they didn't do that back in the day. Magic is not an enigma,
0: right? He wouldn't have went to another team to try and get a ring.
1: He would have been a center
0: or power forward
1: or power forward, right? Mm-hmm Handling the ball probably would have been out the picture. Magic is one guy. Mm -hmm. He's one. There was not another Magic Johnson. So if you take him and put him in that era, he's he's an athletic small forward. Yes. He wouldn't have been shooting threes and all that that he's doing now. So you can't take a guy with an evolutionary game Mm -hmm. and put him in a pre-evolutionary period. That's not fair to the game. It's not. But you can take guys from this pre-evolutionary period, put them in this evolutionary period and say, yo, the way this game is played now, if he played now, he could still do this. If he played now, he could still do that. But trying to put these guys up here and bring them back down here is not fair because the game changed six times over for this guy. Absolutely. Where that wasn't there 40 Mm -hmm. years, 30 years ago. You can't take a guy who graduated high school in 2003 and put him in 1985. Mm-hmm. It don't make sense. Yeah, it won't work. You know what I mean? It just does not yeah, make it won't sense. Work. And, 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 and they were specialists. Yeah. Guys
0: were specialists. And, and like you mentioned the point where mm-hmm. back then those guys didn't lift weights. But there was a strong physical presence. It was. Hence the bad boys. Hence the bad boys, and the Michael Jordan rules. So, but even before that, there was a physicalness. In the seventies, they was physical, man. Transcended a lot of players. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think back to there was a short time ago, a few years back. Um, I'm watching TNT, and they're talking to Gary Payton, and they're talking about Steph Curry, and Gary Payton put it out there. And he mentioned, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, when I played, you could hand check. hmm said, you can't touch nobody now. Right. He said, but I watched what Steph does. He said, and a lot of times, it's nothing more than a dribble to either get to the side or to get to the front or to get a step away from you.
3: hmm
0: Gary Payton said, if I played against him in my era, he's going to go where I want him to go because I can hand check him. Mm-hmm. He said the biggest difference now is you can't touch these guys.
1: Right, And he's a special guy because he took playing defense to heart. Absolutely. Everybody did. Everybody didn't. Everybody did not. What's going on, Ant? Yeah, everybody did not think about stopping the guy in front of Mm them because that's how a guy like Reggie Miller, who could not dribble, Mm -hmm. could still get shots off. Mm -hmm. That's a guy like Mitch Richmond who could dribble a little bit and got shots off. There were guys that could still put the ball down in an era. Steve Smith, in an era. Right. Rolando Blackman. You know, I can. the list goes on and on. These dudes, mm-hmm. even though it was physical, yeah. they still were able to get shots off in a physical era. The question is, can a guy like Steph endure the physicality even though he's a shooter? Would right. he be able to endure that? I mean, the length in which he shoots is ridiculous. Them dudes in the mm-hmm. 80s would be like, who, who, who let him the shoot from hand corner? Yeah.
0: yeah, and you, you <laughs> said ball dudes right. rest, right. What's but up, man? Who and and you shoot? are absolutely right, and it would be totally different. Yeah, like, yeah it would. Some of these guys, and this is just, for me, like we say, having an understanding of the game and, and knowing the game and knowing some of these players, some of these players that are all-stars in this era would not be all stars back in 80s, early 90s. Yeah. They wouldn't be.
1: Well, they got rid of the center position. It was a center's league back then. Mm-hmm. So the cent- everything functioned off the center. We had probably, arguably, if I ain't even no argument, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, mm-hmm. mid going to late 90s was wrapped around the center position, mm-hmm. the bigs.
0: Shaq. The bigs, so, all
1: bigs. Matumba. You know what I mean?
0: I Hakeem. mean, you got,
1: you got Hakeem, you got Pat Ewing, Yao you got Ming, Dave Robinson. you If got Yao your,
0: Ming doesn't get hurt,
1: you got all these guys, man, and these center positions was extremely valuable. Yes. You go. All you got to do is go back into the draft era. Mm-hmm. You go back into the drafts and you see where these centers mm-hmm. went. Now you look in this era, man, them guards getting picked early. Those guards getting picked early. Guards and wing players. And that's what the league is into now. Mm-hmm. The league is into a more up-paced tempo game, mm-hmm. a more fast-paced uh, offense, mm-hmm. more shots more go up. Yeah, That's why they was even thinking about having a mm-hmm. four-point
0: line. Yeah, which I think is crazy. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. over yesterday. That'll kill watching, the game of basketball, man. And yesterday, me and, the, me and the missus were watching TV, and we are watching Love and Basketball. And, and this quote just stuck out to me. And mm-hmm. it's the part where Sanaa Latham is finally at USC. And the coach is getting on her in practice. And she tells her mm-hmm. Offense sells tickets, defense wins games. Now, we usually say defense wins championships. Yeah. But just relating to what everything that we just talked about with these quotes and the IQs and the way the game is transcended and evolved and changed, think about that. Mm-hmm. Offense sells tickets, defense wins games. And then she later on in the movie she ended up showing it. Where, right, where she cut She off threw a ball, yeah, made yeah. a errant pass mm-hmm. and got back. But she day. hustled back and, took that, and took that charge and sealed that win. Yeah. And that's the
1: game. That's that's what the game is, man. And to anybody that's coaches, man, like if if you're not if you're not teaching kids defense and you're not teaching kids mm-hmm.
0: You're doing them a disservice
1: how to minimize what the next team's best player can do. And you're doing a disservice to every kid you coach because what what, what you're not doing is you're not giving them what they're going to encounter on the next level up. Absolutely. Whatever level that's going to be, whether Mm -hmm. it's high school, whether it's college, if you're not not equating that skill set of defense and understanding a player's comfortabilities and how to make people uncomfortable, You shortchanging this kid. Mm -hmm. You shortchanging him. I'm not worried about what this kid can do when they get, if they make it to the next level. Because if they make it to the next level college basketball, college basketball, everybody play defense, bro. Everybody. You don't have a choice. That's right. Because everybody's on an interview, a live interview, Mm -hmm. to make it to the ultimate level. So they're going to do things that they probably wouldn't normally do. You know what I mean? And then when they make the league, what happens is the things that you're comfortable with doing, now you're going to do them all the time. If you really did not want to play defense, James Harden played defense in college.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: He definitely played defense in college. Gilbert Arenas played defense in college. Mm -hmm. Getting to the league and becoming the guys that they were, those teams said, we need you more as an offensive weapon. So we're going to, draft guys and trade for guys that can that's going to give defense. us that energy that'll that'll allow you more energy to get us in rotate. It's not that they can't. It's a want. It's a want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if we aren't giving this to our kids early and letting them see it. Then what happens to the game of basketball, instead of the elevator, it just stays still. Mm-hmm. And it may go up a notch here and there. One or two players of uh, Ben Simmons comes along and kind of shows you something different that you can be productive in this league, and your name can mean something if you do yep. play defense. Those things happen, but not too often anymore. Not too often. Absolutely. Because the, the defense is just not what people really truly want to see. Yep. And he's kind of, you know, his offense may not be all that good, but I guarantee mm-hmm. you this. If the Lakers was about to make a deal with the Sixers to get Ben Simmons and they gave him a 1,000 picks and all that, and he ends up going to L.A., with Andy Davis and LeBron. and LeBron, nobody would be able to beat them because now you have a premier defensive stopper mm-hmm. who would be able to just do it. Yep. And your best guy, on offensively, your best guy wouldn't stand a chance against them three. Not at all. It would be almost unfair. And it would be and even easier. that's how easier. good of a defender he is.
0: And it would be you- even easier for LeBron and A.D. Yeah.
1: You can't let a 100%. guy like him get out of your get out of get out of your uh your possession mm-hmm. on your team. You can't let him
0: you yeah, can't let him go. You right, and very rare. You can he,
1: he is rare. He's so rare that the only person next to him that did it was Scottie Pippen. Yep. That's the rarity. Yep. And the last and time Scotty did that great was. was about ninety-eight. That's right. You know what I mean? So look how rare And look at the, look at the span. We I mean we talking twenty one years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the rarity in how good this guy is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So for all these Sixers fans who say, well, let's trade him and get the shooter, his shooters come out of college every year. Yeah.
0: Defenders don't come out of college every year. Yeah, you can find shooters all over the place. You can
1: find them anywhere.
0: Absolutely. That being said, folks, another great episode, installment of the Sportsback Podcast. Again, my partner's back with me, so you know how it goes down. I hope you enjoyed it um for everybody that tuned in, we definitely appreciate you we appreciate your comments all of this stuff will go up it's live on facebook but it will go up on youtube the audio will go up on iheart spreaker wherever you get your podcast before we close out i'm going to give you schedules for tonight in the three leagues that i've been mostly consistent with right now monday in the nba the bulls are at the pacers The Rockets are at the Wizards. The Hawks are at the Knicks. The Sixers are up against the Utah Jazz. The Cavs go against the Warriors. The Heat and the Clippers, the Nets, and the Kings. Monday night, NCAA basketball. Number 9, Virginia faces off against number 17, Florida State. Number 2, Baylor goes up against number 14, West Virginia. And number 7, Texas Tech will face off against Texas Christian. In the NHL. Seattle was at Arizona. The New York Islanders are at Buffalo. The Ottawa is at Toronto. Columbus is in Carolina. The Florida Panthers go off, play off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Chicago against Detroit. Nashville versus Dallas. Winnipeg versus Edmonton. Calgary at Vancouver. And Anaheim at San Jose. You can find me at SportsWrap_D underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. Also, In the group all week long on social media, Sports Rap Podcast. The website, Sports Rap Radio Show. YouTube, Sports Rap TV. And, like I said, the podcast on iHeart, Google, Apple, and most of your podcast outlets. Partner, where can they find you? Uh, You can reach me on Instagram, that's
1: Ball75. You can reach me on Facebook, that's Aaron Baldy Moore shout-out to Gab, St. Joe's, baby. Gab, keep doing your thing, baby. Keep doing your thing.
0: Yes, indeed. So, lastly, folks, again, closing out another episode of the the Sports Rap Podcast. It's Monday. Be great on purpose. Be careful out there. It's still a little slippery. The call is for some freezing rain later tonight. And a reminder, and I will remind you also during the week, next week's show will be at evening time just for – Next Monday, the twenty-second, it'll probably be around six to eight, but I will definitely keep you abreast of all that. Like we say, have a great Monday. See you next week, folks.
1: All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure you get online, check us out if you want to watch the whole episode, both first and second half. We got so many links, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We wanna try to create this flow for y'all.